Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are finishing up and wrapping up our First John series, where we've taken the last five weeks to study one very small book of the Bible, the book of First John. And we have done a series like this every single year since we've been a church, but I want you to know why we do a series like this, because I think it's really important for you to know why. Every single year, we try to do a series where we just lean in and into one very specific book of the Bible. And we do a series like this because we love the Bible. In fact, if you've ever wondered like what our church believes about the Bible, this is actually from our statement of faith, which can be found on our website. And it says this, it says the Holy Bible, this is what we believe about this book, that the Holy Bible containing the Old and New Testaments is the only infallible, inspired, and inerrant word of God. It alone is the ultimate, final, and eternal authority and source of all doctrine, instruction, correction, and reproof. It cannot be added to, subtracted from, or superseded in any regard. It contains all that is needed for guidance in godliness and practical Christian conduct. In other words, we believe that this book is more than just a book that it is the very word of God, that it is alive and that it's active. In fact, we believe that this is the only book that's breathing. It speaks to every single area of our life in every season of our life. And we have a mission as a church and it's, it really answers the question, why do we exist? And you'll see it kind of plastered all over our website and on signs. And our mission is that we exist to reach all people, all people, All 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area, if you have a pulse, that means you. And to reach all people and teach them how to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And here's what I've discovered, guys, is that that type of a relationship with God, the type of relationship with God that just keeps getting better and better and better, that type of relationship with God requires a relationship with the Bible. So if you want to know more, about like, like, and so we, we do intentionally a series like this just to really help you in that relationship with the Bible. Because for some of you, maybe like you really struggle with the Bible and maybe it's not part of your everyday life. Well, we do a series like this, not just because we love it, because we want you to love it. And that we wanna kind of whet your appetite for the word of God and say like, oh, this applies to our everyday life. And so I wanna encourage you that if you wanna continue to take some next steps in your journey with the Bible, we have all types of resources on our website at queencitypeople.com slash Bible. We actually have a page of our website that's dedicated to helping you navigate your journey with the Bible. And so if you want more resources, go check that out. And this week, we're wrapping up this First John series by looking at five specific verses from 1 John chapter five. And we're gonna read this and we're gonna pray and then we're gonna have a whole lot of fun, okay? This is 1 John chapter five, verse one. And John writes, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. 
loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe, who put their trust that Jesus is the son of God. Now this week, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, in fact, we actually busted these bad boys back out and put it in your hands and gave you a pen so you can. Um, so if you're taking notes, I wanna talk over the next few minutes on this subject, God's love language. That's what I wanna talk about for the next few minutes is God's love language. And I want to tell you straight up that I'm mixing it up a little bit today. I don't have any points. Some of you are like, what? Like, how do you even do that? I just wanna tell you straight up because I don't want you to be like 20 minutes into it, be like, this message is gonna be so long if he doesn't get to these points. And so uh, there's no points. Actually, God just gave me one thought and we're just gonna continue to dig, 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 dig into that one thought today, okay? So I'm just mixing it up. This is my last sermon in my 30s, so I'm just, I'm going for it. Okay, so let's go. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> God, we love you. Thank you for today. I'm so grateful uh, for the gift of, your word. Um, I'm so thankful for the gift of your church. Thank you, God, for bringing us here today. And I don't believe that it's by accident at all. And so, God, what I know is that all of us are here and we all have different stories. And we've all gone through different weeks. And we're all right now in different situations. But God, I believe that you wanna speak to every single person right where they are today. And so, God, we open up our hearts and our minds and our ears and our eyes so that we can see you and hear you today. Would you, would you speak to us today so clearly? Will you help us lean in to all that you want to share with us today? We love you and we thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, how many of you, just by show of hands, have ever heard of this book right here, The Five Love Languages? The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It actually says, the subtitle is How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. Okay, you heard of this book here? Five Love Languages. Okay, uh, now this is a great book. It's a great book. Like, regardless of your relationship status, uh, this is a great book. I highly, highly recommend this book. But here's kind of the big idea. If you never pick up this book, here's the big idea of this book is that every person on planet Earth gives and receives love in five different unique ways. That there are five very unique different love languages that we all have in some way, shape, or form. And here are the five love languages that Gary Chapman talks about. First, he talks about words of affirmation. Like just, like I need words, like tell me I'm awesome. So words of affirmation. Second is quality time. It's not quantity time, it's quality time. Third is gifts. You can love me by giving me gifts. Fourth is acts of service. And then fifth is physical touch. Uh, you've had a hard 15 months, if that's you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. 
touch. And all of us, every single one of us, me, you, every person, everybody I watch online, everybody in Memorial Hall, have a primary love language. One of those five is at the top of your list. It's your default setting. It's what you're gonna do naturally, that you left by yourself, that's how you're gonna give love, and that's how you like to receive love. And by the way, you can discover yours on their website. It's fivelovelanguages.com. You go to the quizzes, and you actually pick the stage of life that you're in, and it will tell you, it'll give you a quiz, and you take it, and then it'll show you what your love languages are in order. Now, I did that this week, and I was very surprised, because I've, I've done this for a while, and, and I, I've known about this book for a long time. I think you can judge by the cover that it's not brand new, and... Um, <laughs> and uh, it's got like these people walking on a beach and it's so like loving and purple. And um, I'm turned up right now. I don't know. I've had coffee. <laughs> so calm down. But, um, but my, mine changed. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, that because for the longest time, my number one was always gifts. So like, just give me gifts, specifically shoes. That's awesome. Just give me shoes. <laughs> and, but it changed. Gifts is now number two for me. So number one now for me is words of affirmation. So the best way to love me is to tell me how awesome I am <laughs> and buy me a pair of shoes right after that. You do that, and I mean, it's, it's great. But Heather's love language, like my, my wife, and we've been married now over 17 years, her love language is different than my love language. Like her first, the first on her list is acts of service, and then second is quality time. So it's, it's not that I need to just spend time with her because there's times that we've spent literally all day with each other, but she'll be like at the end of the day, be like, I just don't feel connected to you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We spent all day long together. <laughs> but it's not quantity of time, it's quality of time. And so we have two completely separate love languages. Like our one and two are both different than the other person's one and two. And But here's what's really important about this content. This book says that the goal is not to give love the way that you receive love. That the goal is to give love the way that other people receive love. Like that's mature. That's, that, you wanna be loving. Like you learn people well enough to not just love them the way that you like to receive love, but like I need to know her well enough to where I, I selflessly lay down how I like to receive love and I give love the way that she likes to receive love. That's what kind of the, the, the big deal because when our love languages are different, it, it's, what, it's what makes us make sure that we're loving each other in each other's language. Now, um, the truth is I, I don't need to love her the way I need to be loved. I need to love her the way that she needs to be loved. And this book says that when you love people that way, that your relationships are just so much better. They're so much healthier. They're way more mature. So this got me thinking this week that if this principle, if it applies to people who, according to Genesis chapter one, are made in the image of God, if that applies to us, does this same principle apply to God? In other words, I started thinking about this question, what is God's love language. And in 1 John chapter five, he tells us, he says in verse two, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands 
And then he makes it crystal clear in verse three. Loving God means keeping his commandments. The NIV translation says it this way. In fact, this is love for God, colon. This is love for God. I wish sometimes the Bible was easier to understand. Like this is love for God to keep his commandments. So here's the big idea of today that if you zone out for the rest of the time with me, just listen to this one, okay? Write this down. Here's the big idea of today. God's love language is obedience. That's the big idea of today. That God's love language is obedience. That God spells love O-B-E-Y. Let me say it this way. That loving God is obeying God because God's love language is obedience. So, If we want to love God in his love language, not ours, in his, obey what he says. Because it says loving God means keeping his commandments. God's love language is obedience. And if we keep reading in 1 John chapter 5, we see that it matters how we obey, not just that we obey. That it's not just what we do, it's how we do it. And it says this, if you read verse three again, it says loving God means keeping his commandments and he adds this at the end. And this is the part that's hard. And he says, and his commandments, his way of life are not burdensome. And that the the Passion Translation puts it this way. True love for God means obeying his commands and his commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. See, John is trying to teach us today that obedience should be a blessing, not a burden. That's what he's trying to teach us today, that obedience, it should be a blessing, not a burden, that it should be a delight, not a duty. It's the difference between I have to do this and God, I get to do this. I get to walk in the ways that you've asked me to walk. And John is saying that Doing what God wants you to do, obeying him, that it should never be a burden. It should never be burdensome. And the truth is, obedience, have you ever thought about this? Obedience is easy when it lines up with what you want to do. Like whenever you read the Bible, you're like, yes, I want to do that. (laughs) Obedience is easy when it lines up with what you want to do. But what do you do whenever it's something you don't want to do? It's something you don't want to change. It's something that gets all up in your business. It's something that you don't even want to deal with. What do you do then? And the truth is that obedience is great when it takes you where you want to go. Obedience is awesome when it leads to promotion. Obedience is great when it leads you to the man or woman of your dreams. Obedience is great when it takes you to the mountaintop. But what if obedience takes you to places that you don't really want to go? What if it takes you to the valley? What if it takes you to singleness? What if instead of promotion, it takes you to a season of waiting? And by the way, let me just help you with this, because a lot of times that's thinking about the outcome of obedience, of like, man, I'm just thinking all about that. I just wanna make sure that this is crystal clear, that obedience is up to you, outcome is up to God. And it's very important for you to know your specific role in this. And your role is not the outcome, that's God's. If you try to control that, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. 
trying to control everything and try to control the outcomes, which newsflash, you can't. You know it, I know it. You cannot control that. And so obedience is up to you, but outcome is up to God. But what if you find yourself at church today? And if you were honest, obedience, like doing things God's way, doing what God says, what if deep down, just honestly, it feels way more like a burden than it does a blessing? I know I've been there. So I don't want you to feel like, man, am I just like an awful human? Like, no, no, no. I think we all wrestle with this from time to time. And maybe right now, that's what you're face to face with. Maybe right now you're like, man, I, I really wrestle. It doesn't feel like it's a blessing. It feels way, way, way more like a burden. Let me humbly suggest that if that's you, that if you're really struggling with obedience, that you may be struggling with Jesus being your Lord. Now, I've met a whole lot of people that really like and want Jesus to be their savior that don't want Jesus to be their Lord. Now, here's the truth. This word Lord is a solid Christianese word that for the most part, you only hear in church. And so I think a lot of times these words that we don't really truly understand, let me help you understand. Jesus as Lord, it means I make the choice to give Jesus the final say in every area of my life. That's what it means. It means that I make the choice to give Jesus and him alone the final say in every area of my life. This is really, really important. In fact, the Bible refers to Jesus as Lord more than any other title, and it's not even close. The Bible is screaming like, hey, this is really important that you get this today. And it's not just some areas, it's all areas. It's, it's, it's when I agree and when I don't agree. It means that he's in control. He's in charge. He's the boss. He's in the driver's seat. He has the final say. What he says goes, not you. And obedience, get this, obedience is the ultimate test whether Jesus is the Lord of your life or you are the Lord of your life. That's why obedience is such a big deal. Because when you're face to face with those moments, Obedience is really the thing that really determines and it shows who's in charge. Is it you or is it God? For example, some of you maybe really struggle with the worship part of our service. And it's like, that's not really me. Like, I don't really go there. I just, I'm more of a, like a stand here, don't sing guy. And uh, like, I, I don't wanna lift my hands, I don't wanna do that, so Caroline, please don't ask me to do that again. And <laughs> thank you for saying if you're comfortable, because I'm not. Um, and you may just be like, well, that's just not my personality. Can I love you enough to tell you the truth? I don't worship God because of my personality. I worship God because of who he is and what he's done. I worship God because the Bible says to worship God to be able to sing songs, to sing a new song, to shout, to raise my hands in full surrender, to dance. That's what the Bible says, and that's why I worship. I don't, I don't worship based on how I feel. I worship because I'm obeying. And some of you, 
Maybe you really struggle with this whole idea of water baptism. And it's like, you know you need to. You know, you've known for a while. And you know that I need to do it tonight. But like, for whatever reason, it's really hard for you to make that. Like, you've made a personal decision to give your life to Jesus, and you, you know it's time to go public, but for whatever reason, you're putting it off. And it's like, listen, I don't, I don't know why God picked that. I don't know. I don't know why he picked get dunked in water in front of people to be the thing that's like going public with your faith. I don't know. I, theologically, I know, because it's, it's, you're, you're dying, and then you're coming back brand new, so... <laughs> But he could have chose something else. <laughs> I don't know, like, why that? But I do know that that's what he tells us to do. And so in those moments, is he my Lord or is he not? Am I going to follow him or am I going to do what I want? So some of you. Maybe another example is that you know that you should take more steps in like your journey with church. And you've been like kicking the tires for a while and you know that, that, that God is wanting you to get planted in a church, like to find a church. It doesn't have to be this church. It could be another church. There's a lot of great churches. Or maybe tithe. Or maybe take a consistent Sabbath or a day off. Like, but ultimately you think that you can do more with seven days than God can do with six. And you know that maybe God's like saying, like, jump into a group this summer, actually meet some people, get connected relationally with some people, get, like get in grow track, like go through the grow track, serve on the dream team. And you may be thinking, it's just so much easier to not do all those things. Can I tell you that God doesn't call us to what's easy? He calls us to be obedient. That's what he calls us to. And I say this very humbly. Some of you right now, maybe right now, are walking in blatant disobedience. And you're doing things you know that you shouldn't do. And you're not doing things you know that you should be doing. And it's not because you don't know. And so I just want to ask you, is God in charge of your life? Or are you in charge of your life? See, Jesus says, Lord. It means I make the choice to give Jesus the final say in every single area of my life which requires obedience. And here's what I believe. I believe with all my heart that obedience is the key that unlocks so many great things in our life. Like obedience is, like it unlocks like God's heart and God's blessing. That's just like positive consequences for doing the right thing. That he, like, it unlocks breakthrough in our life and miracles in the supernatural. Like, you want to experience those type of things, the miracles, the supernatural? I'm telling you, walk in obedience. Because you can experience things like peace that, in, that you can have in any circumstance or joy that cannot be taken from you, no matter how many hard things you go through. You can experience hope that's like an anchor for your soul. In fact, Jesus says this in John 10, 10, and this is one of the anchor scriptures in our church where Jesus says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life. With some translations say abundant life, like the best life that you could ever possibly live. And he goes on to say more and better 
life than they ever dreamed of. That's Jesus. That's Bible. Jesus says, that's the life that I have for you. I have a more and better life, better than anything that you can find anywhere else. And I believe with all my heart that obedience is the key that unlocks that life. If you want to walk in that type of life, that more and better life, that abundant life, I'm telling you, obedience is the key to actually experiencing that. That when we do what God tells us to do, when we live life the way he wants us to live, that type of life is the result. You gotta understand today, it's a burden on my heart today for you to know that God's ways are not to make our life worse. It's to make our lives better. Listen, he is for you. He is not against you. He is for you and his ways are better than our ways and our obedience is our way of acknowledging that God's ways are better than our ways. That's why obedience is so important. But listen, if you are here and you're struggling with this whole obedience thing, let me just suggest that it may be because you're struggling with understanding how much God truly loves you and how much he truly wants the best for you. Because here's what I've discovered is that you will never let God lead you until you understand how much God loves you. And it's very, very important because until you understand like how much he truly loves you, there'll always be this hesitation for you to let him lead you. But when you understand how much God truly loves you, like his unconditional, unending, relentless, no matter what you do, love, and that he only wants the best for you, your only reasonable response to that love is obedience is doing what he says, because God's love language is obedience. And that's what the book of 1 John is all about. Literally, for the last four weeks, we have been talking nonstop about how much God loves you. The first four books of this little short book of the Bible, the first four chapters, he's just saying over and over again, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And for four chapters, he talks about how much God loves you. He even goes so far as say, not only does he love you, God is love. That it's not just what he does, it's who he is. That God doesn't do love, he is love. And he says, he loves you so stinking much. And then he says in chapter five, what we just read, that the only reasonable response to that love is obedience. It's God's love language. Now, before we wrap up, um, I want you to remember, go back to the very beginning where we talked about how in this book, this five love languages book, that when it comes to these five love languages, the goal is to love people the way that they receive love. Remember that? Not the way that you receive love, but the way they receive love. Not the way... That, that we receive love, but to love other people that way. And what I love about God is that not only did he wire us that way, what I love about God is that he never asks us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Because if you think about it, that's exactly what, lo- what God did. 
regardless of what love language you have, whichever five that you have, God loved you in that way. Let's go through the list. If you're words of affirmation, if that's how you receive love, the Bible is one big love letter from God telling you how much he loves you, how much he values you, how much he appreciates you, how proud that he is of you, and that how he's beautifully and wonderfully made you with a very unique purpose so that you can make a difference. If your quality time, if that's how you roll, he's got you covered. See, Jesus' very name, Emmanuel, means God is with us. And then he sent his Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of every believer, which means that God is always with you and that he always not just spends quantity time with you, but quality time with you. He always has quality time for you. If your gifts, that one's easy. See, God sent his only son, Jesus, as a gift to die on a cross, to pay for our sins. And then he raised him from the dead three days later so that we can have the gift of restored relationship with him right now and for eternity. If your acts of service, before you ever knew his name, God was serving you. And he's done all the dirty work, all the things behind the scenes, all the dirty work so that you can have direct access to him. Jesus even got down on his hands and knees to wash the disciples' feet to show you that he will always, always serve you. And if your physical touch, you're like, what about me? See, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. And the Bible also says that where two or three are gathered, I am there. It's the difference between the omnipresence of God, which is what we talked about last week, that God's always there, that you can never go somewhere that God isn't. So God's always there, don't get me wrong. But the Bible also talks about the manifest presence of God, where it's like where you get to personally encounter the presence and the power of God in a very special way. So if you've ever been in worship and something just felt like it was in the atmosphere, I'm telling you, that was more than good music and good vocals. That was more than just getting chills or goosebumps or allovers, whatever you call them. It was the touch of God. It was the tangible presence and the power of God. So don't miss this today, church. Don't miss that God, that God does not love us the way he receives love. He loves us the way we receive love. So the only reasonable response is to love him back Not the way that we receive love, but the way he receives love in his love language. And God's love language is obedience. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we don't want to rush this moment. So just take a second and just ask right now, right where you're at, just ask God this. Just pray this very short prayer. God, what are you saying to me today? Ask him this. What does my response need to be to this message? 
We believe that our Sundays should always affect our Mondays. And so ask him, what's a step of obedience that you're wanting me to take today? Ask him. Practically, just say, God, what's a step of obedience that you're wanting me to take today? And maybe it's to stop something. Maybe it's to start something. Maybe it's to get baptized tonight. Maybe it's to take a next step within our church. Maybe it's to get planted or get in a group or jump on the grow track today or to serve or to give. Maybe it's to finally let go of some things of the past. Maybe it's time to let go of unforgiveness and bitterness because you know that that's not what God wants you to do. Maybe it's time to take something that right now is in the dark and put it into the light. Or maybe today is for you to take a step of faith. Whatever that step of obedience is, let me encourage you right now, right where you're at, we don't have to rush right now. Right now, whatever he's putting on your heart, why don't right now you just commit to saying yes? Whatever that is. You have the courage to say, God, even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I don't want to, my answer is yes. And maybe you're here. And for you, that step is that you find yourself at church and you're far from God. Your relationship with God is not what it needs to be. Maybe you've never received God's love or his grace. You never put your trust in God. Let me just simply ask you this today, like who is the Lord of your life? Who's in charge? Is it God or is it you? And before anything, before taking any other step, you need to get right with God. You need to make him the Lord of your life, not just your savior, but your Lord. Whether that's for the very first time or today, you need to make that choice all over again because you need a fresh start. We wanna give you that opportunity today to follow Jesus. We're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I'm just gonna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, you know that today, that is my choice. That is what God's asking me to do, is to give him my life, is to receive his grace, receive his forgiveness, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. I want you, without hesitation, on the count of three, to raise your hand and say, include me in that prayer. I need to get right with God. I need a fresh start. If that's you on the count of three, just put your hand up in the air with every eye closed and head bowed. One, two, three. Just put your hand up in the air and say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I got you, man. I got you. I got you. I got you, young lady. I got you. I got you. If you're watching online, just raise your hand right where you're at and say, that's me. That's me. That's awesome. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived life without you sorry that I've been my own Lord. And today, I want you to be my Lord. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. And I put my trust in you, in who you are, in your way of life. I say yes to you. And right now, I receive your love. Right now, I receive your grace. Right now, I receive your forgiveness. And today, I choose to put my entire trust in you. And today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. 
In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can you clap your hands and celebrate? Come on, like you've never done it before. We're so proud of you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 